And yet so often Jesus is forgotten. Somehow it's easier and more common in our world today to forget Jesus. The Jewish people, the people of God, Jesus' people, lived under the oppression of foreign governments and foreign kings for hundreds and hundreds of years, being given only limited freedom and heavy taxation. And so the Jewish people prayed for centuries and asked God for centuries to send them someone who would help them, someone who would rescue them, someone who would redeem them, someone who would save them. And through a number of prophets over the centuries, God heard their prayers and God promised to do just that. And the people waited and the people prayed and the people watched and they looked. They looked for the coming of the one who would be called Messiah, in Hebrew meaning anointed one, from which we get the Greek word Christ, which we translate into English, Christ. And the people waited, and the people prayed, and the people watched and watched. About some of those watchers, some of those people who looked, the author Luke wrote these words in his gospel. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. But the angel said to them what angels always say, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will will cause great joy to all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. That's not normally where babies were laid. The shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and they found Mary and Joseph and they found the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. And these shepherds, who were among the first who were looking for the coming of Messiah to find him, found him. They found him, they praised God, and they immediately went out to tell others because this news and their experience, angels, prophecy, reality, was worth telling to everyone they could. After them came magi from the east, Matthew tells us. We know them better as the wise men or kings, but they were magi. They were astrologers. They were star readers. And they too, by the leading of God through stars, found Jesus, the Messiah, the long-awaited one. And they told Herod, or Herod, a cruel king, found out about this Messiah through them. But Herod wanted to hurt 
Jesus. And so God arranged for Jesus to go undercover for a time, which he did. Then another prophet emerges. His name was John. John baptized people who were seeking to turn to God, return to God, who were seeking God, who wanted to know God, who were looking for this Messiah that had been promised. And John one day seeing Jesus at a distance, now Jesus all grown up, points to Jesus and says to the crowd, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And from that time on, lots of people found Jesus and flocked to Jesus and followed Jesus, filling houses, filling synagogues, crowding roads, filling hillsides by the thousands as Jesus spoke. It was almost impossible at this point in Jesus' life for him to find the space to be alone. And then uh, other than a couple of days after some bad men hurt Jesus and made a public spectacle of him on a hill called Golgotha, after that time, more and more people around the world found Jesus and have been finding Jesus and their lives have been changed and their families have been changed and their communities have been changed when and as they have trusted Jesus and sought to follow in his way. But in the time and the place in which we live today, people are not looking for Jesus quite as much as they used to and as they have over the course of history. And so he is, in some ways today, in our time and in our place, in our culture, harder to see. He has been, shall we say, obscured by any number of figures or characters that pop up in our culture at this time of year. I saw this uh, a couple of days ago, this home, or really these two homes that were collaborating in Redwood Shores, and it is amazing. If I had a pointer, I would point out to you Scooby-Doo on the left. In addition to all the normal characters, there's Elf in the left center. There's Kayla, there's Narwhal. Do you see him? <laughs> Narwhal's even there, in addition to a number of the other heroes of Christmas, as we will call them. Elf, Chewbacca, R2-D2, they are uh, stepping into the original Christmas. And I think, I didn't knock on any doors, I just drove by quietly, and I almost wanted to stop in and say to the homeowners, you are amazing. You are committed. It reminded me of one of my childhood uh, favorites, the Super Friends, who I watched every Saturday morning when my parents weren't looking, whom I loved growing up. So I love all of these Christmas Super Friends, as I am now calling them. So don't get me wrong. I love Christmas. I love the lights. I love these characters, or most of these characters. I I don't really love the Grinch in the upper right. I enjoyed watching him as a child and that story, but have reservations about the Grinch today. <laughs> and yet they have their limits. Our modern pantheon of Christmas have their limits. They don't seem to have the power or the means that is needed to change the world or to change my life. Their stories are rich, their stories are fun, but in the trenches of life and the valleys of life and at the crossroads of our lives, when we need help, 
they in so many ways cannot help us. And yet one of them can. One and only one of them stands out above all of the rest. Only one of them is firmly grounded in history and only in history. His birth having been documented by place and time and his life detailed as an historical figure. Only one of them has pledged to bless and love little children regardless of whether they are naughty or nice. Only one of them has been written about and said about that grace came into a grace-starved world through him. Only one of them befriended tax collectors and sinners and pariahs and people on the edges of society and the shadows and the periphery whom no one else would love. Only one of them has the power to forgive on behalf of God, to forgive our sins and our debts and our trespasses. Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Only one of them says, whatever you have done, wherever you have been, whatever secrets you have, whatever you have said, whatever guilt you may have privately hanging over you, you are loved. Welcome home. Only one of them has spoken words of truth that bring life and wisdom and goodness and abundance into our lives. Only one of them's teachings has made an unmistakably positive mark and impact on Western society and culture and now in the last couple of hundred years on the Southern Hemisphere and more and more into parts of the East these days. Only one of them, as the figure in the skit said, has been willing to lay down his life for his friends, to lay down his life for others. Only one of them has died and through somehow being raised to life again, launched a movement that has changed the world and is responsible for the building of more orphanages and hospitals and schools and homes for the dying around the world than any other person in history. Only one of them offers hope for life beyond these bodies. On Saturday, I buried a friend. And as I stood there and spoke, realized I have one hope. And all of us in that circle have one hope for life beyond these bodies and into eternity. And only one of them has claimed to save, to be able to, and even eager to, rescue people from themselves, ourselves, and from sin and from harm and from evil, and to rescue us for eternity. His name is Jesus. The prophet Isaiah wrote, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he was near. No other prophet speaks more of Jesus than Isaiah. 2,000 years ago, in the most cosmopolitan place on earth at the time, at the Areopagus in Athens, Greece, which was the global crossroads of cultures and philosophies and thought, the Apostle Paul declared, The God who made the world and everything in it, 
is the Lord of heaven and earth and does not live in temples built by human hands, and he is not served by human hands as if he needed anything. Rather, he himself gives everyone life and breath and everything else. From one man he made all the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth, and he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. God did all of this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from any one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being. As some of your own poets have said, we are his offspring. God did all of that in and through Jesus Christ so that we would seek him and perhaps reach out and find him, though he is not far from any of us. A few years ago, while at the mall, a mother and grandfather, with a mother and grandfather, a four-year-old boy watched his children lined up excitedly to see Santa Claus. And having been taught as a small child along the way that Christmas was a celebration about the birth of Jesus, God's Son, said to his mother in all innocence, where's the line to see Jesus? And again, the words of Isaiah. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. The God who loves us and who can save us in and through his beloved son, Jesus, is near and is available, though obscured at times by our culture and many other Christmas cast members and characters. He is near and he is available for those who seek him to awaken and to heal and to encourage and to comfort and to assure and to point toward life and eventually to usher into eternity. And so regardless of where you are tonight, maybe you have forgotten Jesus, maybe you have ignored Jesus, maybe you have never known Jesus, or you would like to know more about the baby that the shepherds found and who became Savior of the world. The message of Christmas is that he is available and that he is near, and for those who seek him, he will be found. Let's pray. Hearing the words of the Apostle Paul, God, we recognize your dominion and sovereignty over all of creation, over all of humanity, and that you love and that you desire not to judge or punish or ostracize, but to heal and to redeem and to welcome into your family and to give life and to bless with abundance. Help us to recognize Jesus in our lives, in our world, through the scriptures, in one another, through your spirit speaking to us, through the grace that Jesus ushered into our world, and through the truth that gives us life. Thank you for coming to be among us and to be one of us that you might show us yourself and your goodness. Help us to see you and welcome you, not only into the church, but into our lives, into our homes, into our hearts. We pray this in the name of Christ, our Savior. Amen.